lovebirds. This is Atan, Lindsay, Sam, and Courtney. We are four wedding professionals, each with a different area of expertise. Together, we have over 40 years of combined experience in the wedding industry. We're here to give you some of our best tips, tricks, wedding day hacks, and share our greatest successes and worst horror stories. We'll also be interviewing some of the best wedding vendors that we've had the pleasure of partnering with. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to Your I Do Crew. Wedding Wednesday. Welcome to episode 23 of Your I Do Crew. Today we've got a special episode where we interview our guest, Maya Davisy Tarek. She's a certified wedding planner and the owner of Preoccupied Bride, a Chicago based wedding planning service. She's going to drop some knowledge on us about some best practices for planning out your reception seating to avoid drama and hassles. And as an added bonus, she even brought along a couple of horror stories to share. Let's listen. If you can start by just giving us a little synopsis about yourself and then kind of go into what um, you want to talk about, we'll just kind of start the conversation that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, my name is Maya and I'm the owner of Preoccupied Bride Events in Evanston, Illinois. And I went to school for media and journalism and was a digital project manager for years at a web design and development company in Chicago before I became a wedding planner. And I was wedding planning while working as a project manager and essentially saw how similar the two were to each other. Both required deadlines and being detail-oriented and organization and managing different groups of people, which made extra, which made wedding planning extra appealing to me. And so I decided to become a certified wedding planner and jump full swing into planning in May of last year and started my own business and have been loving it every moment since then. Are you a sole owner or do you, who, who's on your team with you? Yeah, so it's um, just me and then my husband is awesome and great and assists me on weddings when I need him to. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, he's, he's the assistant whether he wants to be or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I do have a, a couple different assistants I work with if he's either not available or if it's like a larger wedding and, you know, just needs some more extra help. So. Cool. Cool. Awesome. So now as far as the wedding planning, do you tend to do the, the full service or do you do more day of like, what's your focus? Sure. So I do anything from wedding consulting to full service. If it's necessary, I found that um, most of my clients are, day of coordination and partial service planning. So they they need help with finding some vendors, um, some recommendations and needing some consulting hours to, you know, just kind of make sure they're staying on track with everything or like getting their wedding website up and ready, things like that. So mm-hmm. they don't need like that full service aspect completely because they do like planning parts of it. Um, but sometimes they need a little bit more help than just the day of coordination. So it's been a lot of the day of and the partial service for me. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so you wanted to talk about something very specific today, which is is so neat in a very niche way that I, I love it. I'm, I'm really excited to hear about the, the seating. Yes. Oh, <laughs> wedding seating. It is such, <laughs> such an undertaking and it's so stressful. And I don't think a lot of couples realize it until they have to 
sit down and do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I do want to talk about wedding seating and basically how to avoid a seating nightmare because I have been a guest at a wedding. I've been a planner for a wedding. I've been on both sides and I've seen just really how stressful it can be. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to essentially give couples some ideas and tips of how to avoid a wedding seating nightmare. Because whether you're having an intimate small wedding or a several hundred person wedding, I think this advice is useful either way because it's kind of stressful no matter how big of a group you're going to be dealing with. Yeah. Now, do you do you find that there is quantitatively it's easier or harder one way or the other with a bigger or small wedding? So I do think with a larger wedding, it is going to be more difficult just simply because when the numbers are getting large, it's just harder to manage a larger group of people, even if you're trying to, you know, get them from like the cocktail hour to be seated or whatnot. Yeah. But I think the reason I wanted to really talk about this was I I saw issues even at smaller weddings, like a hundred person weddings, and it was still super stressful. And so once I noticed that it still happens with these smaller weddings, I was just like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I think we need to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's I awesome. Like that. Yeah, we need to talk. It's like you're going to break up with us or something. <laughs> yeah, you guys, we need to sit down and talk about this. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it's well, so underrated. What? People don't realize how truly, like you said, how much work it is. They're just like, oh, well, we'll get our CPs back. We'll figure it out. It's like, no, it takes time and energy and a lot of wine you're going to need to get through this. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people start it a little too late. I think they think, oh, you know, I can just put it together two weeks before the wedding or something like that. But it's, that's not the case. You should, if you can give yourself a cushion of time to do it, it'll not only make the process easier for you, but then you actually have time to correct mistakes and, you know, hopefully avoid that, that nightmare from ever happening to begin with. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and there's so much that goes into it when you have to consider, you know, different, you know, sides of families and all that. I mean, there's, there's so much and it can, it can go so right or it can go so wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have been at both of those tables. <laughs> You've been well, at the good the table wedding? and the hard one, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not only when I've been a guest at a wedding, but also when I've been officiating and people ask me to stay for the reception, either to, you know, say grace before the dinner or just to enjoy dinner. I've been at a table where I have been welcomed and and it's been comfortable and it's been great. And um, I even had one where this couple put me at the table with their parents and I was like honored. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Um, and Aww. then I've been put at like the kids' table too, and I'm like, oh man, really? <laughs> <laughs> or like the cool friends' table with like some college friends, some high school friends that they haven't talked to in forever, and like, you know, mm-hmm. a weird cousin that brought an extra date. <laughs> like, there's always that. <laughs> yeah. Like this is the tell- extra table. Yeah. You can always tell who's the odd person out, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, always. Didn't always. they come up with a movie for that? Um, with like Anna, uh, Anna, or, um, the girl from Pitch Perfect. Oh, oh yeah, it's called table twenty or seventeen or something like that. Yes, thank you. I was like, am I the only one who saw that? (laughs) Yeah, it's hilarious. It's the most random group of people at the like last table, the furthest away in the reception hall. That is a really funny movie. Oh, I'll have to check that one out. Cool. (laughs) Well, Stardust. So, what are the first pointers that you suggest with this? Sure. So, um, so before I start, I just want to say that I think wedding planning can kind of be broken down into two halves. 
And the first half is focusing on your venue and vendors and developing that wedding theme. And for a couple, I think that first half can be really overwhelming because it's not only time consuming, but financially burdensome as you're, you know, putting down these deposits and booking these vendors. And so I feel like a lot of couples think once they book their venue and vendors, they're pretty much in the clear and the rest of planning will be smooth sailing. But unfortunately, that's not the case because I feel like the second half of wedding planning can be equally or more stressful than the first half because now you're kind of dealing with the logistical side of planning. So that's when yeah, the couple yeah. needs to really be thinking about answering a lot of different questions of, you know, what's going to happen on the wedding day? You know, how long is the ceremony going to be? How are vendors um, going to be arriving? How much time do they need to set up? What happens if the ceremony and reception are at two different locations? You know, how are guests going to get there from point A to point B? And how will they be transported? There's just, there's so many questions to be answered and thought through that I think a lot of people think just like, oh, it's going to be fine until they actually have to start answering those questions. And I think that is especially true with wedding wedding seating. They, um, these couples don't realize sometimes that, you know, it's it's just a lot more than just figuring out who should be sitting next to who. It's it's mm-hmm. also you know figuring out is is this the right table format? Should we should we be doing round tables of ten or a long table with everyone? You know, there's there's so many other things like that. The table format, how many meals to be ordering, and unfortunately, what to do when the worst happens in regards to wedding seating, which is having unexpected guests arrive. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like a lot of people think that doesn't happen, but it totally does. And it's definitely something to think through. That's actually Uh, a thing? Like wedding crashers? Speaking from a venue I used to work at, we every single event I set an extra table just in case because somebody didn't RCP or somebody would would just show up and they would like, yep, feed them. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Bring (laughs) a girlfriend, but not (sighs) say they were going to and the RCP. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I love that you would set up an extra table and I wish every venue would be willing to do that because it's, it, I know it sounds like, does that really happen? And yeah, I think wedding crashers is one thing. Like if you really find out <laughs> they're not supposed to be there, hopefully you could somehow get rid of them. But I feel like there are so many guests who just end up bringing that extra date or even an extra family member or something and not telling the bride and groom. And you're kind of like, what? How could you not tell them that? Yeah. And, then they're they're standing there waiting to be seated and you're just like oh my god what do i do then Mm -hmm. so yeah that definitely happens um but yeah so so with wedding seating the two ways i i would say to avoid a nightmare is to have good preparation before the wedding and then several ways for guests to find their seats on the wedding day so okay so like several ways like Elaborate. <laughs> Educate. Sure. So, for several ways. What I mean by that is, um, you know, the most Im- the most common way or popular way guests find their seats is with the place card, and that's totally fine and great. And I would say with place cards, there are some things you can do to make it easy for a guest to find their names. Um, for example, on the on each place card, a guest's name should be written on there with their table number. But when I say name, I mean their proper name, no nicknames. Because um, it could it could get confusing if you have a planner or someone else who's helping with the wedding who's not you the bride or groom who knows you know John is big Johnny boy or something you know, like, <laughs> like it's like a planner or someone helping with wedding seating would not know that so definitely you want to put their proper name on there and then I think if you can even go a step further and have the place cards organized in 
alphabetical order, like according to last name. So when they're all laid out, guests will easily be able to find their card and then make their way to their table. Yeah. Yes. I also feel like <laughs> something that doesn't happen. And I, I, being a planner, when I've had to organize them myself, it is just so time. <clears throat> sorry, excuse my voice. <clears throat> it is just so time consuming when there are like a thousand other things I should be doing that are more important. Yeah. So it's like if it could have been organized in, alph- in alphabetical order to begin with and placed out, it would just make a world's difference. And it'll help your guests too. You yeah. are speaking to my soul right now. I don't know how many times <laughs> it's been like an hour and a half before guests are arriving. And I'm like, okay, place cards. And it's like, okay, J is next to Z. Oh my gosh, here we go. You know, it's oh, such a headache. J and um, Z. I see what they're doing. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're not, though. They're just... They're, and the bride's always like, oh, I, I put them all in the bag for you. Like, oh. oh. Did you favor? No. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we had this it's wedding so where ooh, the place cards, I, I think they DIY'd them because some of them were like first name, last name, and some of them it was like last name, comma, first name. And when they were all out on the table and I'm taking photos of them, I was just like, how is anybody going to find these? Like, it was the worst. It was so confusing. <laughs> They swapped, like, first name and last name I, on, like... Yeah, I think they, oh like, started writing it, or maybe two people wrote them, and and one of them did them one way, and one of them did... I have no idea what it was, but, yeah, I was taking photos, and the coordinator that was putting them down, she's like, did you notice that they're, like, half and half? And I was like, oh, that oh. is so confusing for guests to find them. <laughs> oh, my I just gosh. Yeah, it's like, you would think you'd want to keep a consistency to it, and yes. I don't know why anyone would think you know, to do otherwise, but it totally happens. It was crazy. (laughs) You have couples who also want to participate in that trend of naming tables, um, which is totally fine. Like if, if you want to name your tables instead of putting a number, go for it. Um, Because, you know, I've I've had couples who have named their tables based on restaurants that they love or places that they visited together or things like that. And that's awesome. And I'm like, go for it. But one thing I still say is to still assign a table number to each of those table names, because that's going to be useful later down the road in regards to place cards. And if your planner or friends who are helping with wedding seating are there, it's going to help them later on. So it's like still associate a number. Please, please do that. (laughs) And the serving staff. So, like, you're not having to tell the staff, like, oh, the Olive Garden table, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Harry met Sally table, what is that? <laughs> right. No, it's true. It really just helps everyone involved to keep things going. That's so cool. That's cool. Definitely place cards is one thing. Um, if a couple wants to be extra cautious, I also recommend printing large, either, like, poster boards or something of that sort with um, the first name, last name, and table number of each guest. And hanging them or displaying those boards in a popular area where the guests will certainly walk through, like the entrance of the venue or the main room where the reception is taking place. This is kind of like a supplemental tool to the place cards to aid guests to find their tables. Um, Just in case there's an issue with the place cards, they kind of have another thing that they can look to without causing too much of a disruption. Mm -hmm. Now, if a couple is going to do one or the other, which one would you recommend? You know, that is a good question because I personally like the poster boards more mm-hmm. as long as they're somewhere where all guests would be walking through mm-hmm. i like that more because i feel like it's easier to read you're not wasting as much paper which is just something i try not to do yeah. <laughs> and i also feel like 
sometimes with place cards, if you're um, hiring like a calligrapher, for example, to do them, if if their writing is, it could be beautiful, but if it's in a cursive that's like harder to read, or if mm. there's mess with like longer last names and you're writing in cursive and it's all kind of getting scrunched together, <laughs> it, it might look cool or be good in theory, but then when they're actually trying to find their place card, it's it's difficult to read. And then again, with that setup on the planning side, setting up two poster boards that are decorated nicely or something like that is going to be way easier to set up than a bunch of place cards that are not even in order. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So that's yeah. my, my preference, but I, I can <laughs> see why some people like, you know, prefer the place cards because it is generally the more, the more common thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any, any other methods that you use? The last one that I think is the most important one is having a master seating chart um, which is essentially listing, again, the couple's first and last name, their table number, and then their meal choice. And the reason I suggest every couple having this is because if for some reason a couple does do place cards or those poster boards or whatever it is, and there are issues with them, like either a guest can't find their place card or they can't read their names properly on the, on the boards, they can go to someone who would be in charge of a master seating chart and be able to still, you know, find out what they're supposed to be seated. And also, if there's any issues with catering, if you list that meal choice or whatever it's supposed to be on that seating chart, it can serve kind of two purposes. Oh, cool. So I, I have a question about that. Sure. Because I have dealt with, um, so, you know, you RCP and you're going to have chicken, but then that day you you demand that you said beef and it says chicken on your place card. <laughs> how how do you handle those things? Because I've seen it handled really badly in the past and you're in a feuding mass between the planner and the guests. So how, what have you done or have you experienced this in the past? You know, luckily I haven't experienced that as a planner yet, but I have seen guests getting upset as another guest. Like I've seen someone at another table being like exactly what you said. Like I ordered the beef and I've been served the chicken. And it's like, I what I've seen is a planner calmly just telling them that this is what's been written on the final final menu that was given to us weeks in advance. And so unfortunately, like there can be no the, no changes to the menu. if we if if we have anything, we can try to see if we could work something out, but most likely this is what was told to us by the bride and the groom. and that's this is we got this weeks ago is essentially what I've seen play out. Mm-hmm. just to make it clear that you had said this at some point in the past. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I've seen guests still like freak out and be upset, but at the same time, like, what can you do if you say like, this is what you ordered and we've only ordered X amount of them. There aren't any left over, mm-hmm. you know, like extra beef plates or whatever it is that they are seeking. But it is, it is a very sticky situation when that happens because I do think a lot of guests just change their mind on that day. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I think that's more likely to happen than the chance of someone mistaking what they wanted, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like the prime rib walks by you and you're like, oh, no, I definitely want that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just kind of like, and the, the best scenario would be like if they were part of either a group or a couple, it's like, hey, can you guys mix and match a little bit here? <laughs> right. Right. Kind of that, but that's at least what I've seen. Luckily, I haven't had to deal with it, but kind of driving home in a nice way that we've been given all this information, you know, pretty far in advance. So, 
these numbers are what we have for each plate type of thing and kind of going off of that. Eat your chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I like that idea of handling it gracefully rather than completely calling them out on the carpet. That's, that's nice. You know, I think honestly, most of planning is just trying to speak gracefully to someone (laughs) just being kind and respectful, but sometimes you really do have to put your foot down but if you can do it in a gentle way or in a way that you're being respectful, they will usually be able to, you know, at least deal with it at the very least, but also understand and move on. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. catch more flies honey than vinegar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you're, when you're creating the chart and everything, like what, how are you doing that? Like what's, what's the process of doing something like that? So you definitely want to, I mean, it could be something honestly as simple as like an Excel sheet. Although I feel like a lot of wedding websites nowadays, like on the knot and wedding wire and things like that, they have like an RSVP online tool, which is awesome because you can have your guests directly RSVP on the website if you don't want to deal with um, actual paper cards. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes when it's a paper card, they can get lost in the mail or they end up making updates to it or, you know what I mean? Things like that, that it can be kind of irritating. And mm-hmm. so there are like these online tools where they put in their, their first and last name. They put in the meal that they're, they're getting if they're, you know, bringing in extra guests or whatever it is. And what's nice is then it's all kind of filed in this on online. And so it's a little bit easier to make updates to it. And when it, when it's like that, it's nice because I feel like majority of the work is actually the guests on the guest side because they're actually filling out that information. It only takes a couple minutes. If if you are doing paper cards, then there will be more work on the couple side just because you are inputting what you're getting on paper into you know either an Excel sheet or some type of document. Mm-hmm. But really, just adding their last name, first name table number and meal choice. So at least you can get a total of, okay, I'm going to be having 15 chicken dishes and 25 beef plates. And, you know, you can kind of get good numbers there and also make sure all your guests are accounted for and, you know, have a general idea of how many meals you're going to need to order, how many guests are coming to the wedding and where they're going to be seated and all that. Okay, cool. So that's, um, so do you find that most couples are using those websites these days? Yeah, I have noticed that. I think it's definitely more of a trend that I've noticed in the last couple of years. And I I like it. I really like when things move towards the online just because <laughs> I just that's what everyone is doing. Mm-hmm. And I you know, especially when it comes to weddings, it seems like I think even I, I had this is the first wedding I've ever seen. A friend of mine just emailed her wedding invitations. Like not the save the date. Not the RSVP oh, team's wow. actual mm-hmm. invitations. And I was like, slow clap. This is fantastic. <laughs> because yeah. I think a lot of people think that's like, that makes it not formal. And that's just, I don't know. I think a lot of people don't like change, especially in the wedding industry. But it's like, I love when it's moving that way. Because I just feel like it makes it easier on everyone. Like wedding planning is so stressful as it is. If there are tools and ways for people to to make wedding planning easier for people and to take off some of that stress, let's let's do it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, I had one this past year, uh, two dear friends of mine who I also officiated their wedding, and they did the whole thing online, and it was so cool. Eve, the, the Evite itself was really, really neat looking, and it even had this thing where you click on it, and it was an envelope, and the envelope opens, and the invitation yeah. slides out, and it was so cool. And it looks it looks really nice still. Like there are definitely a lot of sites out there that can create like beautiful digital 
you know, invitations. Um, and if you want to do that, you can, and if you just kind of want it just to be the information, you can go whatever way you want. But I think it's just, I think people have a hard time with change, especially when it comes to weddings. Cause they're just so, they're just so used to getting things in the mail and things being on paper and all that. But yeah, I yeah. love that. I love that trend. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because some people are so steeped in the tradition of things that they can't, it, it's like missing the forest for the trees. You know, yeah. they're, they're so steeped in the, well, this is the way we've done it for 50 years. Like, yeah, but this is cooler. Yeah. <laughs> this is what, fun. <laughs> I'm wondering yeah. when the first Facebook wedding invite will start oh, happening. Oh, oh, don't even say oh. that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like millennials are, that's like, they're all about that. So I think I'm speaking as a millennial, so I know that sounds silly, <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, if I have a, a get together, I invite people on Facebook. So, I mean, a wedding is pretty formal, but I see it going that way for some people. It's going to be funny. <laughs> yeah, that could definitely happen. You never know, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what would happen, though, with a Facebook wedding? You'd, you'd have like half the RSVPs a week before the wedding would still be on maybe. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's so true. Be hunting people that, down for their like, maybes. And not only that, I feel like you'd have to... You'd be very selective on who you invite because you can't invite your whole friends list. Oh, yeah, true. Or can you? I'll no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you, you invite like 800 people to your wedding. Oops. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you said you had a horror story to tell us, didn't you? Yeah. About seating. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, I still like cringe when I think about the story. So I. It, it's funny because I, I was not a planner at the time and I actually was not even a guest at this wedding. This is um, a friend of mine who I became friends with this person, you know, years after they got married. And they told me it was a, it was a huge wedding. It was about 400 people and they were supposed to have um, 10 round tables. 10, I'm sorry, round tables of 10 guests. So essentially 40 tables. And on their wedding day, the venue set up 40 round tables, but with eight seats at each table instead of 10. Oh. oh. So being 80 guests showed up to their table at the reception and saw that it was already full. And so they had nowhere to sit. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. It was <laughs> awful. That's awful. It was it just when they were telling me the story, I was just like dying inside because I, that's just, I, oh, it's still even telling you guys the story. I'm getting chills. Well, that's not like one or two people. That's like 80 people. Exactly. Cause if it was a smaller wedding, it wouldn't, I think it wouldn't disrupt it as much, but because it was a larger one and 80 guests, that's a, yeah. that's a good chunk. And so this couple had, who were helping with the wedding seating, who basically realized too late, like when guests were actually getting seated, that there weren't enough seats for the amount of guests who were there. And <laughs> long story <laughs> short, they, this couple's friends were awesome. The couple did not even know this happened until they came back from their honeymoon. So wow. they had some amazing friends who were able to keep it on the DL while it was occurring, but there had to be a lot of shifting of seats and place settings and, you know, just a lot of guests had to scoot over to make room for <laughs> two more seats to be set up and two more place settings, which I just feel like just really disrupts the flow and everything with the wedding, the you know, and everything. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like even with, you know, with pre- preparation, there can always still be a nightmare. But I think in that situation, it could have been avoided if there was someone to have checked the layout of the tables earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. 
just to make sure that, you know, the, the table setup matched the venue diagram and saw that, okay, the number of tables and chairs all match what was displayed on the diagram sheet. But I mean, I guess, unfortunately, in that case, no one was there to have done that. Yeah. Were the were the tables big enough to accommodate 10 or were they designed for eight? I think luckily they were like the round tables that could be for eight or 10. Okay. So it ended up being okay. But I think it was just more the fact that they had to do that on such a time crunch. It just oh, made yeah. everything so much more disruptive. But yeah, luckily, I think there was enough room for everyone. But just just sounded like madness. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean if they had been if it was like eight people like elbow to elbow and they had to would have had to like stack oh, people yes. at that point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Can I sit on your lap real quick? Because <laughs> <laughs> take a bite Let's of my get beef. Cozy. I'm chicken. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna share this prime rib. It's gonna be great. Oh, well, I gosh. feel like we keep having I mean that this brings up the importance of having a planner, a coordinator, like yourself, Maya, because things like that aren't necessarily missed. I mean, of course there's human error, but if they hired someone like you, you could be there making sure everything, you know, there's 10 seats at a table, like there should be. Absolutely. And that's, that's definitely like one thing that's always on my checklist. When I do go to a venue, it's one of the first things I want to check off is are the right number of tables and seats set up for the amount of people that are supposed to be coming? Because I mean, again, the chances are slim, but if that ever does occur, I mean, that's just a nightmare. And I think a lot of couples, and not even couples, even just friends and family who are helping a couple plan their wedding, they don't think of those things. And so it is nice when you kind of have like a third party, you know, looking in on the situation, who is going to think of think of these things that you may not think of when you're in the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I love that you said that now you think of that and that's the first thing you check off because I think we've kind of all had that and the horror stories that we've published uh, through the podcast every one of those that i've had now every one of those is something that i mentally check off before we get started <laughs> yes, on the day. absolutely <laughs> yeah every it's, every time something goes wrong you're like well i'll look for that next time no totally and that's i guess that's the benefit of a horror story is then you hope <laughs> you never make that mistake again yeah. um, i completely agree like that after something like that happens then it sticks in your head of like all right i gotta make sure that doesn't happen yeah never again <laughs> oh my gosh well um so i, I kind of want to jump back uh, real quickly so when when you're when you're actually physically planning the seating chart are you are you doing like like poster board and like little posting note tab thingies or are you doing like a like a CAD program like what do you what do you actually use when you're putting together that no it's a great question so in in terms of how to actually put it to, put it together I would say that goes with a good preparation and where I would start with is a venue diagram so okay. essentially a couple needs to take the time um, to thoughtfully fill out a table diagram that their venue usually will provide for them mm-hmm. and this document is something that matches the format of what their reception should look like on their wedding day. And usually venues will provide this because they, you know, they change their layout based on the space um, that they have. And then the type of event they're having, they might change it up a bit or the amount of guests that are attending, things like that. So usually a, a venue will give you a diagram and then that's kind of a great starting point for a couple to get a good idea a good visual representation of, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. This is how close these tables are to the bars or the bathrooms or the exits, or, you know, you kind of get a better idea of that and then think, who do you want to be sitting closer to the newlyweds who can be sitting farther away? And it's not going to be that big of an issue, things like that. So I definitely recommend my, my couples to start there. And 
if they need my help, I of course will help them. But usually that's the one part that they kind of do on their own, just because they know their family members and friends much better than I ever would. And so Mm -hmm. they know who they should be grouping together and who should be sitting closer and whatnot. Okay. And I like that you said, you know, who should be sitting closer to the newlyweds versus who should be sitting closer to the bathroom. Cause that was, (laughs) you know, although some family members, you never know. It's true. And sometimes there are family members they want specifically to be the furthest away from them. I've literally had couples say that to me where they're like, we want aunt, you know, X and uncle Y to be sitting over here as far away from us as possible. And like, I mean, (laughs) it's it's unfortunate, but you know, whatever is going to make them happy and hopefully the guests will also be content with wherever they're at. Yeah. yeah, So I definitely recommend that a venue diagram is the, the way to start. Okay, cool. Um, I also recommend, I know this sounds like a really small thing, but table numbers, uh, the way tables are numbered can have a huge impact on how long it takes for guests to find their seats. So um, a lot of times the venue will allow the couple to choose how they want to number their tables based on the diagram. And so in my opinion, I kind of, if, if a couple is asking me, like, do you recommend a certain way to number the tables? I say, put even numbers on one side of the room and odd numbers on the other side of the room. And the reason I suggest this is because if tables are numbered like in a chronological order in some other way, guests can easily get confused about where they're supposed to be seated and end up wandering around the entire room looking for their table. Also, sometimes like if a planner or friends who are helping with seating are involved with the guest seating, it's so much easier for them to remember, you know, odd tables on the left side of the room, even tables on the right side. That's going to make them be able to assist a guest quickly and move on to the next guest who needs help if that if that ever happens. So both, you know, planner and guests are able to spend less time looking for the table. They know what's going to be on which. That's really side. great. I had a couple times where I, and I don't understand their logic, but I did something similar to that. But they would stick the numbers so crazy. There would be table. 19 up towards the head table and table like four would be in the back of the room and I just and they it made sense to them and so with their crazy thoughts I was like all right I'm not gonna even question it but for my staff it was like trying to explain to them why it was in this order it made no sense and it was kind of a smorgasbord all night of us trying to figure out where everything was yeah and I again if for like anyone who's helping with the wedding it's it's like why would table 19 be closer to the the couple and I just feel like you know, if if it's at least in a way that's easy to remember, then you know that you need to be on the side of the room. You can figure it out quickly if it's just like two things to remember. But if you have to remember, yeah, 19 and one in the back, it's like that's so backwards. It doesn't even like I've seen that so many times at weddings and I don't know why that happens. Yes. <laughs> the one time the mom was like, oh, at age 19, they met so and so and they're at that table, but they're closer to the family. So they're in the front. And I was like, OK. <laughs> what? It's too what? exhausting but yeah like they, like they had met at age 19 and the guy at t- table 19 had introduced them or something but he needed to be closer to them I, I was like good luck with that okay <laughs> so that makes sense to a few people but not most of your guests that are going to be looking for a table yeah right, right. like three oh. people get the significance <laughs> and the other 140 do not <laughs> yeah right well, I think also sometimes people feel bad if, like, the guest is going to get a table that's, like, table 30 out of 30 tables, right? <laughs> and so they think, oh, hopefully we can put table 30 a little bit closer so then they're not all the way in the back. But honestly, I just feel like 
I mean, the hope is if you if you have wedding guests who truly care about you and what you're doing that day, they're hopefully not going to make too big of a deal of the number that they're sitting at. You know what I mean? Or that's at least what I would hope is that we're all here to celebrate the same thing, you know, and I don't know. But you still, I guess you still sometimes get that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully they're up celebrating after they eat anyway. You know, are they really, how much time are they spending there? (laughs) Right. It's like eat and then hopefully you're dancing and having a great time with everyone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So, so when, when couples are making a seating chart, what do you think is like the biggest mistake that you've seen them make? I think it's just not uh, thinking through I think a lot of couples think about who to group together, but they don't think about just organization. Um, one thing I always try to tell my couples is make sure your master seating chart matches everything else you have planned. So if you are going to do place cards or if you are going to do poster boards, everything should match each other because sometimes they'll update one thing and then they'll forget to update the rest of them. Oh, so God. You, you really want every single thing to be matching. And of course, there are going to be things that happen the two days before the wedding or even on the wedding day, someone might not show up, things like that. But I, but when you're in that preparation stage, just really trying to make updates to everything that you're going to be using. Because if I'm looking at one document and another one is more updated, if someone asks me a question, it's going to be, it's going to be bad. There's going to be a problem and it could have been avoided if everything was updated properly. Mm-hmm. And I think going along with that, um, that, I know we kind of mentioned it earlier, but like having overflow tables, I know, I feel like it sounds ridiculous that unexpected guests could even be a situation, but I've seen this happen several times. And even though it's been more frequent with larger weddings and within certain cultures I've seen, it can honestly happen with any size wedding or any kind of wedding. And I think some couples just do not think that's going to happen to them. And they don't plan for it. And then when it happens, it's a nightmare if they don't have that overflow table or at the very least extra seats at a few a few tables and maybe adding a couple meals to the final headcount to the caterer just for that unexpected guest scenario that might, you know, may or may not happen. But I think a lot of couples feel like it's it's it is expensive in a way. Like if you, of course, are needing to, if you add a couple more meals when you're not sure if you're going to be using them or not. Um, but I feel like it can be totally worth it to avoid a sticky seating situation. Yeah, yeah, totally. I had a couple people like wanting to like uh, the wedding crasher showed up and then the friends wanted to sit with him, so they like oh, moved gosh. tables and it was like thank God I had that extra table because it just would have been a hot mess of trying to oh get everybody. It's silly, but I, you're absolutely right. I think it's worth a couple extra bucks to just be better safe than sorry. Exactly. And I think another thing couples forget about is wedding vendors. Um, you know, a lot of them, well, need to eat and also <laughs> they need a place to eat. And so um, I, I know I've worked with a lot of DJs who eat at their station on a break, but I've also worked with um, photographers and planners who need to actually sit down for 10 or 15 minutes before they continue their services. So I think it's really important for couples to not only remember vendor meals, but also rem- think about where they're going to be sitting. Are they going to be sitting amongst the guests or is there a designated area within the venue they can go to really quick to eat before they continue on because so many couples I've known in the past did not think about their vendors. And when it was time for that photographer to eat, there was nowhere for them to sit or they didn't have a meal for them. And it's so, 
it's like awful and it's embarrassing. You know, you don't want to be in that situation. Yeah. 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 It's super awkward. <laughs> it's super awkward. And it's like, I, it, and I, I can see why if you've never, and at most couples, they're planning their wedding for their first time. Right. So they don't know or think of all these things or they haven't, they've never experienced this before, but it's, it's just funny to me when they're hiring someone who's going to be with them 10 hours of their wedding day. And it's like, and you didn't think they needed a meal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely just kind of reminding couples of that also of just like, you should be thinking about where they're going to sit if they need to, even if it's just for 15 minutes and can you provide them something to to eat for their meal? Mm -hmm. And I will, I will, I will totally raise my hand and admit guilt there when we, when we had our wedding 10 years ago and this was, you know, pre blogosphere and the knot and all that stuff. I think the (laughs) knot was, was just brand new a thing. Um, we totally forgot to make a seat for our DJ, our photographer and our officiant at the reception. And so we had to scramble. Yeah. And I felt like a tool. to get seats and meals for them we were yes luckily luckily everything worked out fine and (laughs) but it was just like oh i I just felt like the worst person (laughs) the thing is like i don't think it's ever on purpose but then when that situation arises you know the couple feels so awful right because it's just like gosh you did not mean to do that but now you're in that situation yeah yeah, wedding so vendors, a- they're people too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes. Some days. Yeah. Sometimes. I actually uh I started putting it in I send out a questionnaire like four months before our couple's wedding. Um I never address it like really beforehand, like, hey, you should feed me. This is great. But um <laughs> I started asking in the questionnaire, I'm like, where where will we be seated like sit sitting for dinner basically? Um and then I also I ask them um, you know, if it's, if it's plated, if it's buffet, um, you know, if we're seed, if we're getting like place cards or if we're kind of just going wherever, you know, if they don't have a seating chart and we're just sitting randomly with guests. Cause yeah, it just kind of eliminates some of those different things. It's always funny, like on Facebook, all the different groups that I'm in, it gets brought up so often by like photographers and, um, you know, they're like, where do you sit and how do you do it? And <laughs> Oh, and yeah, who do you so feed first, the desk, the guests or the vendors? Like that is like an ongoing yeah. like, conversation always. And no one seems to agree on it or not, but I know it's tough. The thing that, the thing that I hear a lot is, well, the thing that I tell the bride and the groom, um, just for a, from a photo standpoint is, um, you know, if, if we can, if it's buffet, usually after like bridal party and immediate family and, you know, it starts to kind of pick up where if it's just like random, you know, guests kind of at that point, I'll usually just kind of hop in and grab a plate. Cause I always tell the bride and groom, like, I want to eat when you're eating. So then when you're done, I'm photographing again, because otherwise it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to miss anything. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you don't want me to be eating while something, you know, if you're going around to all the tables and hugging all those people, you'd rather me be photographing that than, you know, right. You probably don't so. want to get pictures of yourself eating dinner. No, <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants that. <laughs> cool so yeah that pretty much sums up all of my ideas or thoughts on avoiding seating nightmares is just really having that good preparation beforehand and having several ways for guests to find their seats on the wedding day I feel like if you can you as a couple can take some time to really you know thoughtfully think through where everyone should be seated what the format should be like and giving them different ways to find their seats that that usually is like 90% of winning that battle and 
you know, hopefully getting those those guests seated in a, a proper and normal amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I just want to kind of ask you a little bit more about your business now. So we love the information yeah. that you brought and that's so cool. And that's going to be a great resource to people planning their wedding. Um, so what, what was it that inspired you to get into the wedding industry? I know you said that you were a digital project manager and obviously those skills are basically a one-to-one, um, drop into the wedding planning, but what was it that inspired you to get involved? Yeah, absolutely. Well, honestly, when I was a project manager, I was, you know, I was full-time project manager and I was planning mine and now my husband's wedding and I was pretty much doing everything on my own and loved it. Like I just, I loved it so much. And I, I really just enjoyed the whole planning thing, even when it was crazy and stressful and I wanted to pull out my hair, I still enjoyed <laughs> it, <laughs> which I don't think a lot of people always feel. I think a lot of brides and couples in general just like certain parts of wedding planning and then they really just hate the other parts. But I found that I really enjoyed even the parts that a lot of people hate. And um, I, and then I think with my background as a project manager, I just, the similarities between the two were so, so much so that I just felt like I knew I always wanted to start my own business. And once I was planning my wedding, I was like, I'm so glad now I know what I want it to be. It's kind of just, it was like almost like a click or something that, that happened. And I think especially for me with weddings, not just planning my own, but have been involved in weddings and have attended them as a guest. Like it's just, it's just such a happy time in two people's lives. And I love being a part of that. And yeah. as a planner, especially, I feel like now not only am I a part of it, but I'm like really helping a couple. And they, I, when I've seen how much I've been able to help couples and when I hear what they have to say about me being there that day, it, it really is very satisfying to know that I've like helped someone on one of the happiest days of their life. That is awesome. That is fantastic. I, I love the, the idea of, um, basically find something that you enjoy that everyone else hates and then make a business out of it. That's that's awesome. (laughs) Well, and I feel like the other reason I ended up coming up with the company that I did is which, you know, with preoccupied bride, it's, it's specific to specifically to women who do have full-time jobs or are in school or have all these other commitments. And now they're trying to plan their wedding. And it's just like, there's just so much going on. You only have 24 hours in a day. And like, how do you, do all this stuff because sometimes wedding planning can feel like a second job. And when you're already working and you have a family or you have all these other commitments, it can just, it's already stressful, but it can just make it even more daunting. And I feel like since I was in that position, but I still enjoyed it, I, I want to be able to do that for other people who, who do want a great wedding, but they just don't always have the time for it. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. So, now, so that's, sorry, go ahead. I was going to just say, so, I mean, obviously you talked about your wedding being, kind of the light bulb experience is that your favorite wedding that you've kind of coordinated and planned or is there another one that kind of speaks out to you that you've been able to work with that was like your favorite to to work on I mean I definitely had the most fun at my own wedding (laughs) (laughs) sure sure yeah it was it was pretty much the best day ever but I I really did enjoy actually honestly the like there are a couple weddings that come to mind that I've planned that I enjoyed um one of them was a wedding that took place in August of last year. And it honestly, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like so different or unique in 
in the way, like in the format or anything. Like it was a, it was like a church wedding and a reception at a hotel. But the reason I loved it so much was because of the couple. They were so chill. Like they, they had like a huge <laughs> wedding. So you would think they were going to be like crazy and just like, oh my God, this is going to be too nuts. We have 350 people here. Like I, I thought they were going to be a certain way, but they ended up just being so chill about everything that when I was actually coordinating their event that day, it was just awesome working with them because they felt like everything went perfect, even though there were there was nothing really that bad that happened. But, you know, there's just some things that needed to be ironed out on that day. But they they had like no idea. They felt like everything was perfect and smooth sailing. And then I just worked with great vendors that day, too. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of a perfect recipe because it was like a relaxed couple and then great vendors, which doesn't always happen. Usually it's like there might be that one bad apple or the couple is like freaking out about something. I kind of feel like you get one. Or <laughs> but it's like they, the perfect cocktail. <laughs> yes, exactly. They were the perfect cocktail. So that's definitely one of my favorite weddings. And then I had another one that I did at like an awesome historical uh, venue site and that was such a fun wedding because I just love their whole theme. They did like a a Mexican food theme. So Ooh. like everything was like tacos and buffet style. And it was just such a great group of people. Like everyone was just relaxed. And I think it was really honestly partly to do with the way the, the food was served. And just it was such a nice atmosphere. And just I loved I loved how they did their food because I think a lot of people – get really stressed about food and rightfully so because it's it's a large portion of your budget and it can get like very formal or with plated meals and stuff there's a lot of issues but we didn't have to worry about those catering issues because it was a buffet and Mm -hmm. it was just yummy and different it was so different from any other wedding I've done because I've usually done a lot of more plated meals and hotel venues and reception halls and things like that. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun in terms of the site and then in terms of the catering. Cool. I love that, that sounds awesome. I, you yeah. know, I've, I've found that the the best memories tend to be from just the, the best people. Like it can be a, such a, a humble venue or things can go wrong. But, you know, if the, if the people are just happy and excited to be there and, you know, just, you know, there's just that feeling of, I mean, love, obviously, hopefully, ideally, is in the air. But just the, everybody's grateful to be there and be there together yeah. and sharing that experience. That just makes the whole day so much awesomer. <laughs> That's a word. No, I completely yeah. agree. I feel like when you are dealing, not just with a couple, but when the guests have that feeling you just described as well, I don't know, it, it almost like makes the atmosphere automatically more relaxed. And even if there is an issue or something like that, it's okay. Like, cause everyone is truly there just to celebrate these two people and just have some fun. And that's, those are my favorite types of weddings to do. Yeah. That's awesome. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so what other pointers would you have for, um, if you wanted to give some pointers out for your, your couples who are planning, or even if you wanted to have some ideas to shoot out to fellow wedding vendors, you know, what your, what's your kind of go-to advice that you throw out there for people? And just generally speaking with wedding planning, mm-hmm. I would say um, book your vendors who can only do one event at a time first. A lot of people, you know, they book their venue, which is an awesome 
task to complete because it is uh, pretty daunting and time consuming. And then I think a lot of people really don't know where to go from there if they've never planned before, if they don't really have, um, you know, they haven't really looked into what's kind of the next step. I, I would say book the vendors that you you know, you can only have them do one event per day, like a photographer or a videographer, mm-hmm. uh, because, or even a planner, just because if, if there's someone you really want, or if there's a style you really want, or even if there's a budget you have in mind for a specific vendor and you're not able to find it because they're all getting booked, um, you know, that's going to be an issue. So book those one per event per day vendors first. And I also think just giving yourself enough time because I, I, I've had couples plan their wedding in seven months and I've had other couples plan their weddings in a year and a half or two years. And they're, they've all been successful mainly because they are giving themselves enough time to get things done. So even if it's a shorter timeline, it's just being organized and knowing, (laughs) let's do this first, do this next, and really prioritizing what's the most important thing and getting those things done. And also what's important to the couple, because every couple is going to have things that are kind of deal breakers for them and other things that they don't really care about. So instead of focusing on everything, focus on the things that are the most important to you, make sure those things are going to happen and then be more flexible with the things that aren't as important as important. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I say it because, a little louder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed because we, uh, earlier today we recorded another episode and literally, I mean, preaching to the choir here, sister, we were literally going over the, the flexibility and the, um, you know, prioritizing. And we, we even said, you know, whether you've got a long engagement or a short engagement, it will fill up as much time as you give it. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. Oh, that is so true. It's that's such a perfect way to put it because I just and the thing is, I feel like every at some point in the engagement and planning process, it really does feel like every single thing is important. And it really isn't. (laughs) In fact, most things are like a lot of details are not important unless it's important to the couple, of course, then make it happen. But there are a lot of things people bring up just because, you know, you're used to hearing about them or that's just part of the planning phase. But then they're kind of blown out of proportion and a couple may not find it to be very important. And then when people keep bringing it up, now they're suddenly like worried and stressed, like, oh, should I be paying more attention to that? And I just I really feel like it's every every couple has things that they want or need and that should be the focus and everything else. You just you need to be a little bit more flexible and be you know, be open to having changes or maybe not even doing it at all, whatever those little details might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So, so if, if people loved what you were saying today and they want to, you know, blow you up on social media to tell you about how amazing <laughs> you are, or if they want to, to book you, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, the best way would be to visit uh, my website, preoccupiedbride.com, and just head over to the contact page and fill it out quickly. I I am very quick with responding, so I would say that would be the best way. Um, they could also follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, my username is also just preoccupiedbride. And if they really want to get in touch immediately, they can always call me too at uh, 312-884-1251. Awesome. I love that name too, Preoccupied Bride. That is phenomenal. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It took me some time, but I I wanted something that rhymed, that was cute, that was easy to remember, but also kind of gave a 
solution to a problem. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's and you have very, a great Instagram. I was creeping a little bit today, and you have some <laughs> awesome photos. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to know someone's looking. <laughs> no, it's, if it's for the podcast, it's not creeping. It's homework. There you go. Exactly. You're just doing good research. I used to be a journalism <laughs> student, so I really appreciate page, that. Good, 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 good. Awesome. Maya, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. It really has. You've been uh, just an amazing resource and so much fun. Oh, thank you. You guys have been awesome, too. I, I was super excited about it, but a little bit nervous. And you guys made me feel so comfortable. So honestly, thank you guys so much for oh, having yeah. me. I, I really oh, you're, you're a natural. You were awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you did great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, anytime you want to come back, seriously, we'd love to have you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's please stay in touch because I, I really, like I said, I enjoyed doing this and I loved hearing the other episodes and just I love connecting with other wedding industry professionals. So, yeah, I would love to, to keep it going. Yeah. Well, that's our episode. We had so much fun talking to Maya. She was a wonderful guest and she brought so much great information to share. We hope that you got a lot out of it too. Thanks again for listening. We know that there are so many podcasts out there and we're so grateful that you choose to spend your time with us. Be on the lookout next week for a horror story from me where I tell my tale about a wedding where everything that could have gone wrong did. We're calling it Murphy's Law. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on the Not Wedding Wire Facebook and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. This is Samantha Bean. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram or by hashtagging Toledo Talktales. And this is Courtney Majors, and you can find me on Instagram at this is Courtney Ann. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback, so if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers! Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.